Hello and welcome to the Banker podcast series, Banking Under Pressure, exploring how the financial services industry is coping with the COVID-19 pandemic. In this series, the Banker's editors are interviewing industry experts from around the world to gather insights and advice on specific challenges, best practices and innovations that can help banks and their customers manage during these tough times. I'm Kimberly Long, Asia Editor of the Banker, and today I'm speaking with Keng Leong Lee, Asia-Pacific representative for HPD Landscape. Hi, Ken. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, you're welcome. So to begin with, uh, how were Singapore's supply chains impacted by coronavirus? Any other Asian countries, due to the lockdown in almost all Asian countries, as well as uh, US and Europe, the supply chain of uh, Singapore has been affected. And this is particularly so as the net export of uh, Singapore constitutes 28% of the GDP. And uh, our top uh, trading partners are the US, EU, Japan, China, Australia, Hong Kong, and all the other Southeast Asian countries. So as all these countries enter into the lockdown, uh, it would affect the uh, supply chain uh, of Singapore. However, uh, in terms of the supply chain for the essential supply, the government has been mindful of these and the government has been diversifying the uh, supply chain so as to reduce the impact on the supply chain for the essential supplies. Looking then towards the more regulatory side of things, uh, what what kind of support has the regulator offered and do you think this is enough or is there more help that could be given? The government has introduced financial support, tax and temporary relief measure to help business to weather through this pandemic. So as far as the financial support is concerned, uh, one, we have the access uh, to lower cost of uh, fund for the SME. Uh, the MES has provided a 0.1% uh, interest. and the financing scheme includes the following SME working capital loan, that is to finance the daily cash flow or working capital of the company. The SME fixed asset loans, which is to finance the investment of domestic and overseas fixed asset. Uh, venture debts loans finance the growth of innovative enterprise using venture debts and warrants. Uh, trade loans, these will include trade financing as well as factoring and receivable financing. Project loans finance the fulfillment of a secure overseas project. Merger and acquisition loans to finance acquisition of uh, target enterprises with the intent of internationalization. On top of that, the government has also come up with uh, certain regulations to protect the uh, company from getting into uh, sort of uh, problems in terms of uh, being sued by others for bankruptcies. So there are regulations to protect them. The government has uh, given this form of measure. There are still areas which uh, need to be done because uh, these measures are sufficient to help the SME to overcome the current immediate problem in terms of the cash flow. But what happened after the pandemic? Because uh, this company would need to grow and in, when they need to grow they need to have a working capital to fund their growth so how are they going to get this working capital to fund their growth and as we know that uh, for the SME 
the receivable constitute about 70 to 80% of their total assets. And this is a very good asset for them to encash and help them in their working capital. As you know, in terms of the receivable financing, it is a facility that grows with sales. The more you sell, the more financing you can get. But currently, there's this problem in that, uh, you know, worldwide, as well as locally, uh, many of the uh, buyers uh, are in trouble and the uh, insurance companies are not underwriting these customers. On the other hand, there are large buyers which uh, the sellers, these SME sellers are selling to them. The receivables of such buyers are very good. Uh, financiers such as bank and factoring companies are very keen in uh, getting the, uh, these receivables. But unfortunately, they face with two major problems. The major problem number one is that the large corporates would have this anti-assignment clause which uh, states that you know uh, you cannot assign the receivables to, to any other people. So with this anti-assignment clause there, notwithstanding the fact that these receivables are good, the SME will not be able to get financing for this large buyer. The second problem would be uh, in terms of their uh, fraud when it comes to receivable financing. As you know, recently there are many high-profile uh, receivable financing and trade finance fraud in, in this region. So faced with these two problems, you'll find that notwithstanding the, the help by the government, the SME would not be able to get financing for their receivables. So in this area, perhaps two things uh, may be able to help. Uh, one is that in terms of the uh, non-assignment clause, in this connection, recently the Chinese government has passed a, a factoring law. And one of the factoring law is that uh, it prohibits the uh, ban on the assignment. And this is in line with countries like the US and the uh, UK, for example. UK last year has passed this ban on anti-assignment clause. This clause is very impactful for the uh, China because uh, it will help the SME to have access to the uh, financing receivables. So I hope that the regulator in this region would uh, follow the footsteps of China, UK and the US to put a condition there to uh, ban the assignment of uh, payment. So with this ban on the, on the anti-assignment of payment, it will help the SME to have access to the, uh, the receivable financing. Obviously, the other aspect would be the fraudulent transaction. And in this particular area, uh, technology will play a very important part. And as you mentioned there, technology is becoming increasingly important now. So how are you seeing technology being used and how will this change supply chains as we move on from the initial impact of coronavirus and out of lockdown? Okay, basically many of these uh, financial institutions in this region are using basic technology, which is good for the bookkeeping and the financing, but they are unable to use it to detect fraud. And uh, the ability to detect fraud will be, be an important part in terms of this technology. And in this connection, maybe uh, we can take learn from the experience of uh, Europe. Because uh, in the early years, um, the European countries has their share of uh, fraud in receivable financing. However, uh, instead of shying away from this 
of financing, they have used technology to uh, detect fraud. And this has enabled the European country to grow from strength to strength. And they are currently the largest continent in terms of receivable financing forming 68%. Technology will enable them to have this risk analytics. And one of the risk analytics is the uh, Benford Law, which enable the uh, banks or the financial institution to be able to detect fraudulent transaction. And there are other analytics such as sales analysis, DSO, aging, debtors payment. All these would enable the banks and financial institutions to do receivable financing confidently, uh, knowing that there will be uh, less fraud, or even if fraud, it can be detected early. And uh, in terms of technology, um, you'll find that whilst in the old days, the technology appears to be expensive, but now you have the state-of-art technology, the risk analytics that are available at fairly low cost. And some of them are a subscription basis, which means to say that uh, you don't have to invest in a lot of uh, money in order to get this technology. And apart from that, uh, this new technology will also embrace uh, digitization as well as uh, blockchain technology. So with all these things in, um, it would enable the financier to be very confident in providing financing. And this will help the SME to gain access to more receivable financing. It will help them to grow and multiply. In fact, in this would be very great because you can imagine that uh, the SME receivable on its own can become financeable as well. Thanks very much, Kang. That was really interesting. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. And you can keep up to date by subscribing to our weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify and Acast and follow our discussions at thebanker.com slash podcasts. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.